Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God wants to be your friend. Not just your Lord and Savior. Yes. Reverently, yes. But he wants to be your friend. He wants you to enjoy spending time with him. He wants you to enjoy that relationship. He wants to talk to you as you talk to him. Could I ask you this morning to look at your life? Here's God. He's never moved. He's inviting you wherever you are. Come close to me, and I'll come close to you. Starting your day off with God helps you do life right because you're choosing to do it together with Him. Today, Pastor Mark reminds us that when you put God first, you'll have the peace you need to face whatever happens during the day. Scripture says be careful how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God wants us to communicate His will, and the only way He can do it is when we spend quality time with Him friend, don't be a selfie. Live your life dependent on God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 14, with his continuing study entitled, God's Solutions to a Selfie Lifestyle. Do you start your day with God, or do you start your day with your wisdom? I come close to God by spending time in the morning in his word. I listen to what he says. My prayers are going to be right. I'm going to pray often because I need direction. I need help. I'm going to pray right. I'm not just going to pray about me. I'm going to pray about other people. And finally, that begins to correct my life, and I draw close to God. He is the priority in my life. Now, many of you don't understand devotion or quiet time. Many of you do. Some of you that do, you've drifted from it. You become very irregular. Some of you have no idea what I'm even talking about. So I want to show you something. On our website, calvaryccm.com, you can go anytime, and you just go to teachings, teachings, and pick Maine. Not a person's teaching, main teachings. And then just type in, listen up. In this teaching, which I did later last year, by the way, you can type anything. Uh, Abortion, marriage, fight, jealousy, the will of God, the word of God. You can type all those things in. There'll be all kinds of sermons free for you. Right there is the video, and right next to it is the notes that go along with the teaching. Right there for you. Now, listen up simply means this. If I take time in the morning, 15 minutes, I'm going to get my Bible. And actually, I do my devotion on my iPad. So I read a section of scripture from some somebody devotion. We have a devotional every day on our website for you guys if you want that. We have the sticky notes every week. You can go to YouVersion. 
YouVersion is a wonderful app. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bibles, choices you can have. Languages from all over the world. It's from a great church called Life Church TV. And there's probably 200 devotionals. You can just pick one. And every morning when you click on it, it brings that devotion up for the day. By the way, right now, today, this is like six months ago, more than 100 million Christians use YouVersion every day. 100 million Christians. It's all free. So you can say, well, I don't have any resources. Hello. Get online, get yourself started. So you read a little bit and then you pray and then you write down what God says to you. You don't read and it says, you need a battery. Okay, thanks. And you don't go get your battery. No, God says, you you need to correct this situation. Okay. And you follow through. Do you get it? Now, good things. By the way, if you use U version, if you fall behind, you miss two days. Nobody ever misses a devotion time, do they? If you miss two days, you get an email. Here's what it says. You've been deleted from our program. You sinner, you. <laughs> kind of challenges you to get back in. No, it doesn't say that at all. It says that it looks like you're behind. Would you like to catch up? And you click on that, and it backdates it four days as if you didn't miss one day. Oh, the grace of God. (laughs) Isn't that great? It's awesome. So let me challenge you. The way to draw near to God is to do exactly that. Jesus is giving us a personal invitation and a promise. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Now, some people don't have a quiet time with God because they have the wrong impression of who God is. Some of you here may have been raised in a church that was very legalistic. Everything was wrong. You're angry. God's angry. He, he just yells at you all the time. You can never please this God. And somehow you found your way back in here, even after all that horrible upbringing, negative, critical. Let me just say to you this, and I'm going to show you how good God is. That's a total wrong perception. That's Satan lying to you. Now, I want you to see this statement. And this is good for us here, and it's good for us as we witness to people. How we view God translates to how we relate to God. You know, when you drive out of your home and come to church and go to the parking lot, many people in our neighborhood would say this, why in the world wouldn't you get up on a Sunday to go to church? I mean, it's dead. There's nothing for you. It's a bunch of ritualistic stuff. God, I'm not even sure there is. If he is, he's angry. He didn't care for you. Where did they get that idea? See, that's how they relate to God. That's because Satan's the great liar and deceiver. Serving God is the most exciting, freeing, peaceful relationship in all the world. But people need to get it. Now, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. Keep your finger right where you're at. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews. It's not hard. It's one book before where you are. One book before where you are. All of our campuses. Go on to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Now, when you get here, the book of Hebrews has one word. It's really about one word, better. In the Old Testament, you would never hear what you just heard this morning. God's saying to you and me, come near. In the Old Testament, people couldn't come near to God. Only the high priest, the Jewish high priest, one day a year could come near to God in the holies of holy. But when we're here, Jesus has changed all that. 
Now watch, you're at the right place. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, Hebrews 4.14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, that high priest is Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold firmly to what we believe. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about God? Well, the only way to know what to believe what's right is to read what the Bible says about him. So notice verse 15. This high priest, Jesus, of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings, trials we do. The difference between Jesus and you and me, he didn't sin. Now, God could have created Jesus as an adult. Let him live for a few weeks, go to the cross, pay for our sin, take him back to heaven. But he didn't do that. God designed Jesus to come into this world as a baby. So he had to live 33 years in the same world you and I live with. And in those 33 years, he experienced all the conflict, all the fighting, all the backstabbing, all the joy at weddings, peace, joy. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble because he experienced it all. And so everything you're going through now or in the future, you don't have a high priest. You don't have Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father going, I don't know how to even relate to that. No, he knows it all. He knows our weaknesses. He knows we tend to drift. He knows my sinful nature is to be very selfish. He knows it all. He didn't sin. So when you think about that, he understands. In spite of all of that, he still makes this amazing offer. Balmer, let me show you what I want you to do. I understand you're struggling. I understand you're hurt in that situation. I understand that you think it's all them and not you. God is not through with any of us ever. His love is long-suffering. Look at verse 16. So, because God is gracious and he understands our weaknesses, so let us, talking to believers, come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his condemnation? No, his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. God invites us to come close to him, confidently approaching him in our quiet times. That's where it starts in the morning. We do that because it's a throne of grace, not condemnation. For those of you that have the wrong image of God, you're not a believer yet because you think God's angry at you. No, God loves you beyond measure. I want you to come and accept Jesus Christ this morning. Those of you that have drifted, you're a Christian, but you've drifted. He understands that weakness. He he knows who we are. Come on, come close today. See, we can do that because he personally invites us. We are to pray often with humility and pray with a submissive attitude. God, I don't want my will. I want your will. He has all the answers to the problems. He's waiting for you come near to God, and he will come near to you. Now, here's what God knows. If I'm not near to God, and if I'm not good in my relationship with God, watch me, if I'm not good, if I don't have peace with God, 
It affects every one of my vertical relationships. I'm not going to be at peace with these people. So in marriage counseling, I've always discovered after all these years, when there's a marriage problem, initially it's usually one or both of the persons, the husbands, they're not close to God. See, you can't be close to God and be angry at another person because God isn't angry at you. And that's what God wants to do in your life this morning. Now, when I think of God, we, we sing a song here called, I am a friend of God. I want you to read what James writes. Look on the overhead, have it for you. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham, by the way, Abraham blew it many times, went down to Egypt. God said, no, I didn't tell you to go to Egypt. Uh, lied about his wife. He did all kinds of things. To, uh, just amazing. Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called what? What's he called? He's called, say it with me, God's, God's friend. Now, let me ask you this morning. If you're a friend of somebody, what do you like to do? You like to spend time together. If you're a friend of somebody, you like to enjoy that relationship. There's, a, there's an enjoyment to it. If you like another person and you're friends with them, you're going to talk. Understand, God wants to be your friend. Not just your Lord and Savior, yes. Reverently, yes. But he wants to be your friend. He wants you to enjoy spending time with him. He wants you to enjoy that relationship. He wants to talk to you as you talk to him. Could I ask you this morning to look at your life? Here's God. He's never moved. He's inviting you wherever you are. Come close to me, and I'll come close to you. Guarantee. This is where shalom happens. This is where we get the compass of life corrected. You start with God, and it starts your day right. Now, the way that works is that Jesus is interceding for us. He's praying for us. I'm so glad. He knows how weak I am. He knows how weak you are. He's praying for you today. He's going to the Father and saying, eh, Balmer's back. <laughs> and God says, third time this week? Yeah, third time this week. But God, when I was down there, it was a tough world. He's a pretty good guy. Let's just give him grace this morning. Father says, okay. You said, that's because you're a pastor. That has nothing to do with it. I'm just a servant. I need God's grace just as much as you do. Well, that's all happening in heaven. So after your 10-minute or 15-minute quiet time, Bible study in the morning where God speaks to you and then you're going to carry this out and pray to him and whatever. You just enjoy time together with him. After this, what happens the rest of the day? I guess you're left alone. Is that true? Does anybody go with you during the day? Yeah. The Trinity is what? God the, say it with me, God the Father, God the, and God the, okay. So where is the Holy Spirit for the rest of the day? Same place he always was. He's right here. So you're not doing life alone. He's going to help you. He's going to help you be first to ask forgiveness. He's going to challenge you all during He's going to direct you. He's going to lead you. See, we don't do life without God. You have to humbly submit to God. He lives in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit want to be directing your life 24-7. It's not weird like, excuse me, God, okay. No. He's supernaturally speaking to you. And that word of God, when Satan comes in, you go, no, 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 no. I read this morning, and I, that's, that's not right. That's how I resist. So it's not just for like special people. 
It's for all of us. We get to do life with God. So could I challenge you tomorrow morning, forget the newspaper, forget the TV. Most of us have to forget turning our computer on because then you'll be there. Go right to your Bible app or your Bible. Don't go to the news. Don't go to email. Don't go to Facebook. (laughs) Two hours later, you go, oh, I'm late for work. How was your time with God? Huh? (laughs) Funny pictures, great time. I'm on Facebook every Thursday telling you what I'm going to do and all that stuff. Cool, don't do that. Start, put God first. Everything else works out in your life. Now, number five, what happens in those quiet times? Well, lots of things happen. Here's number five. Write it down this morning. Live in peace. Repent of all your sin and ask forgiveness. Repent of all your sin and ask forgiveness. Now, now look at verse eight. Come near to God. He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Talking to believers. Talking to the church. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You can't live in both worlds. Grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Pastor Mark, thanks a lot. Well, you said I'm going to serve God, so I'm going to mourn and wail and my joy is gloom. No, here's what's happening. The bottom line is God's saying this, you take your sin lightly. Oh God, I I did that again. Just forgive me. Thanks a lot. Here we go. Why did Jesus go to the cross? What happened on the cross? Your sin, my sin, put him there. It was death. How can I take that lightly? So he's saying, enjoy life, but when you sin, take it serious. God, I'm so sorry. I did wrong. He's not talking a lifestyle of mourning and no joy. Not at all. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But he's just saying, when we drift away from God, wash your hands. What's the hands mean? My actions, my conduct, my heart. Get my heart right with God. Come back. Get away from conflict, fighting, bitterness. Really repent. Repent means something special. Now, many times we see it, especially in our world today, people get caught of a crime. And what do they do? I'm so sorry. Now, what are they sorry about? That they got caught. They're not sorry about the sin. They got caught. So I want you to see this, and you're going to see kind of uh, a way that you can define repentance. Take a look on the overhead. It's going to be right there for you. Here it is. I preached, Paul speaking, I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout Judea, also the Gentiles, that all... There isn't a person that will be in heaven that hasn't repented of their sins. You can't get to heaven by being good enough. That all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. So repentance, here's the definition. You don't have to write it down, but you have to understand it. True repentance is a change of my mind. I realize it, but it results in a change in my way of living. I'm far from God. I make a sin. I ask God to forgive me, and and no longer am I walking myself selfie. I've turned, I've turned, watch me, I've turned and proven by my lifestyle now that I'm following God. That's real repentance. There is not just sorry, I sin, but I'm sorry enough to change. A lot of people think that's wrong. Well, I just have to go to church. Many of you are Catholic. 
Men of you Protestant, why don't I just come down on Sunday night and ask God to forgive me of my sins? Next Sunday night, I'm coming down and ask God to forgive me of my sins. Next Sunday night, I'm coming down. You'd go on Friday. Uh, it's time for go in that little booth. Go in the little booth. As soon as you're out of the booth, another week. It's fantastic. No, that isn't right. Doesn't matter, Catholic, Protestant. Doesn't matter, Jewish. Doesn't matter. Repentance is changing your heart, your hands. Action is going to be different. My heart's going to be different. That, that's what really hits the road. Now, what is, when we look at all of this this morning, what is God's goal? To quit being selfies. To quit trying to direct our life. His goal is to have amazing peace in our homes, in our lives, in our churches, in our relationships, and to have peace with God. Let me just summarize for you this morning. Let me read this to you, and then I'm going to summarize it. Listen to this. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, Jesus, and therefore we have died. In other words, since he died for me, I die to myself. I don't promote myself. It's death to a life of selfie. I'm not going to live my life independent of God. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. See, once I become a Christian, and I'm, I'm never going to be perfect, I'm always going to kind of drift, but I, I, don't, I don't live for myself anymore. I live for God. Because He's the one that's going to get me to heaven. His grace is what's going to help me to be forgiven. And so, it's a challenge. Can I just summarize what we did? You don't need to copy this at all. This is what James taught us. This is what God's Word said. It's a real world with real conflicts, real fighting, real marriage deal, real work stuff. It's a real world. God's solutions this morning. Humble ourselves. Number two, I submit. I come under God's rule. I'm not doing my life. You'll see that next week. James says, how dare you plan tomorrow? when you have no idea what tomorrow is going to have. Make sure you're consulting God. It's the will of God next week. Don't miss next week. It's going to be fantastic. Humble, submit, then I resist. Because we are in a spiritual warfare. There's demons in here right now. And they're saying to people, yeah, what that guy just said, nice words, won't work in this world. Don't listen to him. Satan, can I tell you this morning, is a liar. Next, come close. I'm pretty sure that spoke to every single person in this room. I want to be a friend of God, and I want to be a close friend of God. And last, sometimes to do that, I have to repent. We're to examine ourselves. And if I do that, that gives me shalom. Shalom. Let's read it together at all of our campuses. Peace, shalom. What is it? Completeness, rest, safety, tranquility, wholeness, total well-being. Now, there isn't a person that read that that wouldn't say, that's the way I want to live. You can't live that being a selfie. You can only live it putting God first in your life. That's his solution. Pastor Mark just taught us that God knows it's a real world we live in with real problems. But thankfully, God also offers us a real solution. When things get hard or you mess up, all you have to do is humble yourself, repent, and ask for forgiveness, and make sure you're consulting with Him before you do anything else. Remember, when you're struggling with that selfie lifestyle, resist temptation. 
by drawing near to God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark clears up some possible confusion over the fact that the Bible tells us in some passages to plan for our future wisely, and others say it's foolish to plan. So which is it? While it's true that good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, without consulting God first, they're prideful and useless. For the believer, there's hope in the fact that life here on earth is temporary, which we should plan on. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a herd.